Today on TechNATO, we'll be talking with Christian Lees of Vigilante. We're also going to look back at the worst tech flops of the decade and maybe make a few predictions about the coming decade. That's all coming up on TechNATO, starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechNATO. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, joined, as always, by Don Pizzette. How are you doing, Don? I am doing swell, ready to wrap up 2019. All right. And Justin, are you also ready to put a put a bow in the decade here? What's going on? 2019's uh, over? Yeah, it's like Y2K. Yeah, it Isn't happens once a year. Oh, wow. Time does fly, doesn't it? I saw a great uh, little meme. It was, uh, you know, talking about dads who get to say, all right, see you next decade. Um, Like, and they were, and then bigger than them was the see you next millennium. It said, like, dads from 1999. And at the top was this towering dad from uh, 1 BC saying, see you next era. (laughs) Like, oh, dads. You think they did that back then? Probably not. Did. Probably not. Because the calendar, like, they, like when you were in they BC, didn't you didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah they, it, it wasn't <laughs> the same. Then. <laughs> what was the? We're in the. We use the Gregorian calendar, right? Right. Yeah. What was the? What's that calendar? Is that the lunar calendar? The Mayan calendar. Oh. And then the world ended, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> and we started over. So this is <laughs> a post MC AM. Well, I mean, there's other calendars in use today, right? Like yeah. in India, they have a different calendar. The Chinese and, New Year's a different time yeah. of the year. Yeah. yeah. And there's a Jewish calendar, right? Like a Hebrew calendar or something? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We are so cultured. I tell you. Yeah, well, our research uh, team is on it right now. See, the problem is we're trying to talk about relevant things somehow uh, when what we're supposed to be doing is a recap episode, right? right. We're supposed to say, remember that time we yeah. did both? And then the wavy lines and then it replays oh, some podcast. this is that episode yeah. where we <laughs> just it in. go back to the old episode. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're at the last uh, podcast of the year now. And uh, and not only is it that, but it's the last podcast in this format. We're doing a little tweak um, to the format. I don't want to give away too much. We can talk about that maybe we're in a little out. bit. But we're, we're going to change things up. We're going to bring in another face. Uh and not get rid of any of these faces. Uh, luckily, we're going to be in a new room. It, it's it, it's going to be a big time. Will we so. get to drink? You're you're not drinking now. <laughs> I have a camel back on. <laughs> What's in it? Gin. Yeah, this is not an earpiece. <laughs> I drink in my ear. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I did not realize how many calendars there are. There's a lot. Uh, yeah. Is there a Hebrew? Egyptian or? calendar, the Julian calendar, Roman calendar, NFL calendar, uh, Hob calendar, Old Persian calendar, the Genesis calendar, the Ptolemaic calendar. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one. Coptic, um, Ethiopian, sure. Berber. Gaulish. Gaulish. All right. So anyway, uh, we also have a big interview today. We're going to have Christian Lees, who is the CTO and CIO of Vigilante. So we'll be talking to him in a little bit. But um, normally at this point, we talk about the news. But, you know, um, it, it's the special time, as Don mentioned. And so we, we found one article. And not that we didn't just stop there, <laughs> but it's it's such a good article. And, uh, and I think it's perfect for what we're doing today. So uh, do you have it up there, Doug? Yes. Okay, so we're uh, heading over to gizmodo.com, and we're going to look at the most disappointing gadgets of the decade. And and they use gadgets pretty loosely because we're, we're getting into, you know, full-on laptops or um, uh, not necessarily apps, I don't think. But uh, I haven't gone through this, and Justin hasn't gone through this. Don's looked at it, I think. Yep. But we're going to kind of go through this. Uh, and we can always add our own because there have been sure. plenty of disappointing devices. Yeah. Oh, I planned on adding my own. I've been trying to think of them right now. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I'm trying to think like, what year was that? When did when did my Zoom 
Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, that in O? No, no, that's it was with an O. Yeah. We should do uh, the disappointing devices that didn't come out. Like, there's oh. stuff I expected to have by now, and I don't. Yeah, well, if Jet we're going to talk about your, your phone yeah. computer <laughs> I'm not even combo. talking about flying cars. Like, just simple things. Yeah, we had we had 2015, the the Back to the Future year. Yeah, in this, and I have not seen Jaws 19. Where's my hoverboard? I do not have a hoverboard. Mm-hmm. Them cool shoes that actually happen, but were like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, and and by the way, we have hoverboards, but lame. they are on the ground. Yeah, what is that? In addition to, they have a weight limit, and that's all I'm going to say about that. That's stupid. And they catch fire. All right, well, let's get started with item number one they have on here, uh, 3D and curved televisions, 2010. And I I couldn't agree more with this, because when they came out, 3D televisions, first of all, I was I was like, this is stupid. So everyone that comes to my home, I have to buy these, like, glasses for them because the glasses yeah yeah and they were passive and they were active right and and the ones that were active were like 150 dollars for just the glasses i'm like i'm not no i'm sorry you're not coming to my house so this has been going on for decades where every couple of years 3d flares up like now it's time and i remember as a kid like uh in the early 1980s some Creature from the Black Lagoon would come on TV, and they would they would do a build up the weeks beforehand, so that you knew to go to the Seven Eleven and get mm-hmm. your 3D glasses, or they'd come in the newspaper. And those are the old school red and blue. Yeah, and yeah. you'd pop those on, you watch the movie, and then 3D would die for two years, and then it would come back again. And so this time it was TVs, and I knew this one was going to die when like all the Black Friday deals were 3D TVs, and and nobody wanted to wear glasses, but the curved TV was the one that killed me because a curved computer monitor makes a lot of sense, right? You're sitting really close to it. The curve makes a difference. Yeah. But in your home, a, a curved TV, that, that it's not big enough to need a curve. Well, and you're also killing the viewing angle for anyone that's not straight on. I mean, yeah. if, if you think about most living room setups, there's there's someone off to the left, someone off to the right in a, in a chair, and it and all of a sudden you know, they're not getting a good angle on, on one side of the TV. That doesn't make sense. So I was a poor grad student during 2010, so I was like – we have a television. It's a CRT. It's missing some. It's got like a green splotch right here. We can still watch things. However, something about the the curved television that kind of defeated the purpose of the thin panel television because it set farther out from the wall, right? Because yeah. the, the curvature. Yeah, so didn't, didn't now, realize. how many people like took out an eye walking by the yeah uh, curved television? Now, have you seen the TVs that have where there's that backlighting that kind of changes with yeah. what's on? I, I've never had one of those. They say it. it it's like well, it's not easier in the eyes, but it it helps some kind of ambient lighting somehow. that it creates, and yeah, I don't know if it's worth it or not. I mean, I, I, they I don't have, have things one. you can buy that are just a USB into the back of the TV as, as well. But the same it thing. depends on it. Well, that just provides a light to kind of give it some some depth. But um, but the ones that that you're thinking of that are integrated are actually showing the colors that are on the screen. If it's you know, sunset, all of a sudden there's it's, red. It's funny. You're paying extra features. All they did was not put the shrouding plastic around the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's a new and improved ambient lighting. Bill, you messed that TV up. Do you remember the Apple laptops that had the, the Apple logo on the back and mm-hmm. it would light up? Light up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, they they didn't have their own light. It was just plastic and it was the backlight from the LED screen shining through. That was that was it. Hey, that works. By the way, when's the last time you watched something in 3D? I don't. I avoid those movies. I don't. They make me car sick. Yeah, and I'm I, not. Uh, I can read and do all kinds of stuff in a vehicle, but I watched Alice in Wonderland, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw up. I saw that horrible Beowulf film in 2008, I think, 
That would be the last thing that I saw in the last decade. See, I I just had LASIK, so I had glasses. And doing the 3D, they they had ones that went over, but it's just clunky and... Um, so I, I never liked that experience, and now I'm I'm just over it. And then when you go to a 3D movie, you couldn't opt out because if you try to take the glasses off, you couldn't like you couldn't make yeah. anything out. Yeah, because it's, it's it's like multifocal. Yeah. It's no good. Well, I like to think about what was the weight of your TV, in, when the decade started in 2010 versus versus now, and and my TV is much much bigger than it was then, and probably much and much lighter. lighter. Yeah. yeah. The plasmas and all right. Our next up on the list here we have from 2011. Are they going one each year? Yeah, it looks like uh, we have the AMD bulldozer, um, which I'm assuming, based on the picture, is a chip. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it from today, where AMD is really competing against Intel, and they're starting to get some server products out there. There, there's a Microsoft Surface running an AMD CPU. Like they're they're starting to make a really big difference today, but. 10 years ago, or more now, back in 2011, uh, they certainly weren't, and not more, sorry, I'm doing horrible math today, but uh, almost a decade ago, they were doing pretty bad. And the AMD bulldozer processor was supposed to be awesome, but when it came out, I remember some people said it was sluggish. I didn't really think so, but it ran so ridiculously hot that it was just a bad, bad processor. And uh, what's that? Nothing. (laughs) And they say that it, uh, it really hurt AMD's ability to compete for years and years but you know now today they've recovered from it but i mean it's been it's been eight years so it, it took them a long time to get there was this the this this kind of put them behind the eight ball i mean they'd lost some market share from mm-hmm. the early days with like athlons and stuff and then this was supposed to help them make up that market share and then it just kind of put them further back didn't at, it? at a time when laptops were becoming more and more the standard this processor could not go in laptops it was just too hot well then, and this article says uh there was a, a point for about half of the decade where Intel was over 90%, and it wasn't until this year uh, that AMD got a processor into a f- big flagship product, which is the Surface Laptop 3. Yeah. So yep. um, it'll be interesting to see the processor wars as they go into um, the teens or the, the 20s here and uh, see who comes out on top. Maybe somebody We're new. in 20s. Maybe somebody we don't even know about yet. Maybe. Some, some dun, dun, chip dun. guy in his, in his garage right now. Uh, all right, next up, in uh, also in 2011, so it's not one per year, uh, we have the Sony Tablet P. And this, I mean, you could almost lump all of the folding screen things, but this wasn't a phone, right? Is it this curved was curved on the back? Just a tablet. So it is curved on the back. It was a weird form factor. Uh, so when you, when you folded it, it was somewhat elliptical. It looked like a clutch. Like a yeah, like a woman's nice. clutch or a yeah. purse or something. All right. Do not put your lipstick in it when you close it. No, no. But screens. it'll hold a driver's license. When you said a sure. clutch, I'm just in my head. I'm picturing you know, transmission. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> yeah. yeah. So weird. Clutch went out in my F one fifty. Had a Sony tablet P fit <laughs> right, right in there. <laughs> Odd. Yeah. So this one, um, you know, it was a foldable, but with the technology of the time, you still had bezels. So the two screens didn't touch. Like there was a pretty sizable gap in between. The technology wasn't ready then. Technology is not ready today. If you buy a foldable phone, you are just throwing away your money right now. Uh, so this one absolutely failed. Although you know they were a bit ahead of the game, but you know, well they failed device. first, and there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and you know here we are eight years later. They're probably laughing at these other companies releasing foldable devices and like, yeah, we got ours out of the way back then. Yeah, we'll get there. And you know, honestly, the technology. 
that gets us there will probably drastically change TVs too. I remember seeing when we went to CES a few years ago, um, they had one of those screens that kind of rolled up into like a yeah. credenza. Um, you know, we'll get to those tablets that you unfold or unroll or oddly enough that's what i was working on in grad school really was uh flexible like light emitting devices using organics and that's why you were expelled uh no i left <laughs> willingly okay all right next up and, and at least should, that's what's in the report we, we should <laughs> let's let's skip down the next couple yeah, of ones say, we, like should a, we should get a should get brad uh our producer here to uh to uh <laughs> Weigh in on the Canon uh, EOS M in 2012, and then Nintendo Wii U, which I didn't have. Did you have that? No. Uh, we had one, yeah. Did a Wii U? Okay. Yeah, yeah I had the I had the Wii, but skip down to the uh, Microsoft Surface RT in 2012. Oh, absolute yeah. garbage. So I yeah. I got the first Surface when it came out, but I did not get the RT. I got right. the, the you're full smart. one because. So what was the deal with that? I know I know it was a different chip and everything, and it, it was the ARM processor, but you couldn't multitask like you could typically multitask in windows right so it was it was limited so that you could only run three applications at a time okay and then if you launched a fourth it would just kind of like your ipad does it today and people don't call it crippled it's just how it works right it suspends it it, to save memory it suspends if it can and then eventually it closes it out oh okay and so like if you run the outlook app on your ipad it it is constantly getting closed in the background, which is super annoying. Uh, but with the RT, because of that ARM processor, because Windows was recompiled to run on ARM, there were basically no apps. You had to get your applications from the Microsoft App Store. And the only place more barren than Apple's macOS App Store is Microsoft's <laughs> App Store. It is, it's terrible. And so you basically had this tablet that could only run Windows and Windows stock applications, Microsoft Office, and that was it. So it was... Just uh, it was terrible. Correct me if I'm wrong. When it first came out, all, not even all of Office worked. Oh right? yeah, yeah, not all yeah. of Office. Like, yeah. I don't think there ever was an Access version that would run on it. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, that was. I remember going. It. it I, so what do I type in? Uh, notepad. Notepad. Wee. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked at a company, and, that, and I remember Microsoft was actually paying us to build some apps or to convert some apps yep. at the time because. They were doing that for years. That didn't work. And uh, and they even tried doing a few other things to push people into their app store, and it just hasn't worked. And Microsoft finally admitted, like, you know, look, our app store is just not going to fly and has not been pushing it like they used to. You know, they've started releasing video games on the Steam platform now. Uh, really? Yeah. So, like, they're, they are branching out and embracing other app stores. Uh, they have Microsoft Office in the Mac OS uh, or in the iOS app store for the mobile devices. So they, they, they are branching games. out. Uh, and for Linux. Teams for Linux just came out, yeah. So Microsoft really pivoted a lot, but this device was a total lemon, and uh, yeah, just that one will go down in, in history as a bad device. Speaking of lemons, did you have the Google Glass? Uh, I don't. Is that the next one on the list? That is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Look at that. Google Glass. I... And, and that was supposed to be the first of many. And When this came out, I wanted it. I, I don't know about you guys. I did, too. I, I signed up for it. I wanted the technology, but but then when I saw it, I didn't... I didn't even care about what I... So I signed... Because you had to sign up for it, mm-hmm. right? And then I got selected. They're like, hey, we're ready. You ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Click. They're like, where's my $2,500? I'm <laughs> like, I'm not that ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that ready. definitions of ready. <laughs> yeah. So two things popped into my head, right? The first one was, I would love a GPS where I look out... And I see the line on the road. Oh, yeah. Right? And I see the line turning. You didn't have that? that? That's how it's supposed to work. Oh. Right? No, no, they do not have it is the short answer. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing was I imagined being 
in a, a conference or talking to somebody you don't like and checking your email. You know, <laughs> like, they would see your eye just go in though. I feel like, but did you, you had to touch it right on the side to? So there were there, there was a little hand control you could get okay. and. Eventually, you were supposed to have eye tracking so that it would scroll a web page you were reading with just your eye movement. So that those two features right there are really what augmented reality is all about. When's the last time you saw someone wearing Google Glass? That, well, not they, on not on TV. They they discontinued it. Yeah, but if years you had ago it, now. You still... um, but then they did the Google Glass two, mm-hmm. but it was only internal, and so like you had to go to Google's campus in Mountain View to actually see people wearing them. But you knew it was dead when uh, Sergey Brin stopped wearing his. Yeah, that was that was the the nail in the coffin. All right. So next up is modular phones in 2013. I remember oh, this man. LG those commercials. It had a um, like a game uh, controller. It, there was a, a camera, another camera you could put onto it, like a speaker or something. There's all kinds of things. Motorola had their. It was Project Aria. Uh, that's Ara. no Google's. It says Era? Google's Project Aria. Okay, so- Moto Z. So Motorola had Project Aria, and I I just thought it was going to be awesome, a modular phone. And they weren't doing anything with it. And then Google bought Motorola. And I was like, all right, finally, Google owns them. Google will do something with it. And then Google took all the Motorola patents and then sold off the rest of it and threw away Project Aria. (laughs) So it's in the trash now. But wouldn't it be cool if, you know, next year you decide, hey, I want a new phone screen. Or I have a 12 megapixel camera. I want a 15 megapixel camera. So let me just go buy the camera component mm-hmm. and swap that out. Or I've got a Snapdragon 450. I want a Snapdragon 750. So you just swap that out. You don't need a whole new phone each year. Like the storage technologies haven't changed. The wireless modems haven't changed. Yeah. So it would be so cool if you just swap out components. But the phone companies don't want that, right? They want you to buy a new phone. And so there's not a lot of motivation behind getting it done. And at the end of the day, we don't have it. And the Moto Z was more about the the fun accessories that you'd want to add, yeah. like speakers and things like that. But then you're lugging around a bag full of, you know, oh, you, you want to take a picture? Let me yeah. go into my suitcase of phone parts and so I can put the camera back on. Yeah. What was the uh, what was the phone? Um, shoot. It was by the guy who invented Google Android. Android was a separate company. Google acquired yeah. them. Um, what was that phone called? Um, is that... Like it had a model number of AP1 or something like that. Shoot the the something phone. It was like the fantastic phone or something. Uh, it didn't do well. This is why I can't remember its name. Yeah. But it had a special connector on the back. These three little copper leads or something, and they were promising all these accessories. But then the phone didn't sell well, and so the accessories died. So, anyhow, there's a track record of this. Phone accessories are generally a waste of money. Yeah, we have our uh, research team looking into it right now. I can't so remember the name of the phone. It was. The original founder of Android, he opened a company. There's people I, screaming at their you know their car radios right HTC now. HTC Dream? No, it, it was not from a major company. HTC. It was like he he had his own company that did it. It's probably on this list. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, we have the uh, Apple Mac Pro 2013. Now, this yeah? is not the one that we continue to make fun of that has the, the touch bar. The, nope, this is the trash can. This is the trash No, oh, this no. is oh, yeah, the yeah, MacBook yeah. Pro, the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro. The new one looks like a cheese grater. Sure, yeah. 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 yeah, and it's a fifty-five thousand dollars cheese grater. Did you by the see way. where the guys tried to grate cheese with it? No, uh, it was. Would oh, it just melt cheese? No, it, <laughs> it runs some website, and and it was like iFixit or one of those guys, and they said uh, the the new Mac Pro makes a terrible cheese grater. They took cheese <laughs> 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 on the front of it. 
So it does. Because yep. it, it is 50, 52,000. I was going to say $52,000 cheese grater. For the top end one, yeah. but I think yeah. you can get it for six four grand. grand. Six grand? Yeah, they're like giving it away. I think it's six grand. Yeah. Or you can go to Bed Bath & Beyond for $5. Or if you have a 20% off coupon, even better. Yeah. Or you can get yeah this one here. Yeah, uh, this one. I remember seeing it and thinking, man, it looks so awesome. Because it did. It looked really cool. But it was so overpriced that you could you could get comparable hardware in, in like the Windows world or Linux world for less than half the price. It was a total ripoff for for just value. Uh, so it became more of a status symbol than a good item to buy. Yeah, I never saw one of them open, but I, I feel like there's got to be a lot of wasted space in a round yeah. uh, container the way that, that a computer is made It's got two up. boards in it that are kind of facing each yeah. other and yeah, and it, a lot of empty it, space. But maybe good for heat distribution. Who knows? Sure. Or as an actual trash can. Or, uh, yeah, now, just flip it over. <laughs> there you go. All right, next we have the Amazon Fire Phone 2014. Um, they, and that's just an Android phone, right? They had their own right. It's kind of spinoff of, of uh, Android they were running. But, yeah, they pushed that like crazy, and it, it never really went anywhere. I don't understand why it failed, because there's, there is a market for people who just want a cheap phone that Run some apps, and this one seemed to fit that bill. You know, Amazon yeah, and, the, can get and it their to you in tablets, their tablets have been okay. I mean, they're uh, they're not you know iPad competitors, but they're the hey, this is the one I get for my kid, or this is the one yeah. I, I read from. You know, Kindle. browse the web, yeah. check your email. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure why this one totally failed, but it did. And funky uh, software. I mean, was it because because they they spun off their own Android. Yeah, the version. So UI on it. that was probably a part of it then. And there was this weird thing where it had a bunch of cameras on the front of it, and it would use that to create like a three dimensional effect. And uh, apparently, that was really like it was supposed to be some crazy selling feature, but ended up being pointless. Hmm. Yeah, it was a weird phone. All right, Microsoft banned 2014. I don't even remember this. I don't either. It's like a weird Fitbit. Yeah. And I'm sure Microsoft did something like normal where they cut the servers off, and so the band is now useless. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, fitness tracker. I wonder if uh, this one can also expose you as a philanderer. <laughs> yeah, was or, this the one that gave everyone rashes, or no, that was or the, the secret military bases? Sure. Yeah, the the rash one that was the Pebble smartwatch, wasn't it? Oh, this Pebble. Okay. Yeah, and uh, is that on the list? Like those were supposed to be, be. They were good watches. Like for a smartwatch, they were super cheap. All but, right. This is this one the one that will do it. Here for, we go. Uh, yeah. Justin, the Apple MacBook 2015. No touch bar, but this one introduced the butterfly keyboard. Keyboard. Or not not butterfly, but whatever the low profile keyboard it, is that's terrible that you guys it don't should have. it should be broken into tiny pieces and it's, yeah. I like the quote, the travel of the keys was so shallow you could feel like typing on a rock and a single crumb could make a key break. Yeah. And so this was the first one to feature that keyboard, and then they went and put it into the MacBook Pro. Uh, which was really just an insult to everybody. And now they're backing off of that and going back to normal keyboards again. But uh, but this is where it started back in 2015. Okay, I take umbrage with this next one. Uh, the Well, they call it the Noka, uh, but it's Nokia. Uh, uh, yeah. Lumia 950. Um, Very popular phone. phone. It was a good phone. Yeah. I, I, I love the UI. I mean... Same problem with the the Surface RT. It was it was the app ecosystem for Microsoft that just did not exist. Um, but if if it had the same apps that iOS did, which obviously it, it yeah. doesn't, I would have preferred that operating system over well, what you, know, you have in Ma- So many people told Microsoft, "Oh, we loved your phone UI. You know, it just didn't have apps." They released a Microsoft launcher for Android. Huh. 
And so you could actually have that UI on Android, but it wasn't enough. People aren't using it. And yeah, so, really. you know, it, it only goes so far. Was it the um, the Essential Phone? Essential Phone, that's it, yes. You've been working on this that whole time? Okay. Yeah, I've also been listening. But I was like, wait a minute, because he's he's had his hands in a lot of stuff. Who was uh, it? And is, on uh, a lot of people, right? There was that whole no, thing. He, he got, yeah, what was that? <laughs> he got and, run out of Google. <laughs> Andy Rubin, he's been part of a, a bunch of tech companies, but he did get run out of Google because he had some sexual harassment. Out yeah, he is a little bit. Oops. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the 360 camera for the Essential Phone, there's a new one coming out. By the way, no essential products. Who they is a, funding them? Where is he getting money? They have a central home, and they have a new essential phone too, or whatever. All right, based on just my perusal, you know. I mean, this is a unverified. This this guy's in tune with what the market wants. Yeah. Clearly, he's like the essential phone one failed, but number two, it, it'll work yeah. out this time. Well, the radically different essential phone two is on its way. Worked for Google Glass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I assume, uh, Don, we skip the uh, Samsung Gear VR. Yeah, well, I mean, I would lump VR and AR into the big disappointment of the decade, right? Yeah. Like, we were promised virtual reality and augmented reality, and we have neither. And I mean, AR has like, been better. Well, like Magic Leap. Remember Magic Leap? That the, the big tech companies were putting millions and millions of money. In, I mean, they had drawn tons of funding, and they still don't have a product out. And the demos that they release are really clunky, and it's just... It's terrible. A- AR is not anywhere. It's uh, you get Pokemon Go. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's a big win. Big that's win. AR. I mean, that was the the app of the uh, the app of the decade. Maybe the maybe you got to categorize like productivity apps versus. Yeah. yeah, I tried it. I I, I installed I, I didn't, the app. I played, I played it. I ran out of little Pokeballs in ten minutes. We well, need that thing that the guy had with like eighteen of them on a. Yeah, and you also have to go to abandoned parking lots so you can get robbed. Yeah, see, I didn't do that part, and so then you're just out of Pokeballs, and the game's over. You gotta so, travel in yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> safety. with every copy of Pokemon Go yeah. is a firearm and a can of mace. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Turns out Pikachu can't stop you from getting stabbed. Nope, oh. sure can't. He goes, Pika Pika, you're dying. <laughs> All right, the Blackberry Preve. Priv. Priv. Okay, first of all, there's there's a problem right there. It's a dumb name. But so this is for the people that said, hey, I, I, I like the new smartphones, but I want a physical keyboard, which there are, were a lot of for a long time. I think, you know, people have finally given up on that, except for Adam Gordon, right? He still has one. I, I will tell you, if I could get a phone with a physical keyboard, I would, because it it is great. Like, tac, a tactile keyboard is such a good feature. W- was this the one that... That like magneted on, or was this? No, this one slid. This up. one slid. Out. Okay. Yeah. What's the one that has the where it goes? It was you had that the Galaxy S8. Yeah, I had that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you pop the keyboard right on it, which yeah. was really nice. I still have that in my drawer at home. That's a um, that's a modular phone, like you know, it, ish. If we were doing this podcast ten years ago, BlackBerry was like a major force in mobile devices, especially in the enterprise. Right? BlackBerry enterprise servers were everywhere, uh, but they have just made bad decision after bad decision until today. Name a person with a BlackBerry. I mean, does, does Adam even have a BlackBerry I he still? Does. I, thought, yeah, I think he still he does. Yeah, he's the only one I know, though. So, you know, they made a decision to give one last stab at some good hardware. It might even be this does, phone. Doesn't the president have one, too? Well, not uh, Obama did. President Obama, he... Because that's what was like the security... But I think by phone. the time he was out of office, they had finally switched him. Was he? Okay. Yeah. But either way... Uh, They've now kind of reached the point where they just said, look, BlackBerry is going to become a software company. Yeah. And they've kind of given up on hardware. I don't think they have any current hardware out, uh, as far as I'm aware. I'm kind of surprised they're still in business because they said, you know what? We need a new CEO. Let's let our CFO take a shot at it. And that's not a good decision for anybody. I mean, unless you're looking to liquidate your assets right away. 
wasn't Alicia Keys like a C level exec at some point? She was really? there. Well, they had uh, they basically hired her as a pitch woman and gave her a title of CMO, I think, Chief Marketing and, Officer, and or half like the that. stock because that's the only way they could probably pay her. Yeah, which I'm sure worked out spectacularly for her. All right, I'm guessing Don had this next one, the Samsung Gal or the the Note Seven. Yeah, this wasn't the Galaxy. Or I, I didn't have the Note Seven. This was the one that would uh, spontaneously combust. Yeah. This is the one that airlines started yeah. saying, "Don't even bring this on this plane, right?" Because yep. we're not taking off. Yep, and that was sad. You know, you'd think that Samsung would have taken a big PR hit on this. You'd think they would have given up on the Samsung Note name, but they haven't. And uh, you know, now the Samsung Galaxy Note 10, I think, is out. Is it already out? It's already out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still rocking. And it's the one of their best-selling phones. And so this, much like a huge data breach, has just died out in the news and gone away. Yeah. I guess if you bury it in enough uh, other press with the new launch that you know, it's probably hard to find those articles now. Well, Don, I'm, I'm here to give you a piece of information. BlackBerry Key 2, 100% Android phone with a physical keyboard. Wow. The Black Still available Key from Black... Not like on eBay as a, no, as a relic. BlackBerryMobile.com. Yeah. Mm. So they are still putting out a little bit of hardware. A little bit. I wonder if they're doing it or if it's like, you know, there's some company that bought the Nokia name from Microsoft yeah. and they're rebranding phones as Nokia's. Yeah, that was a that was a bad investment as well. Yeah. Oops. There should be another article of worst acquisitions in tech. Uh, that probably there. is one. Wasn't there, uh, was it Yahoo that had like the huge valuation and then? Turned out to be worthless. Yeah. yeah. There have been a few of those. Uh, LG Sport Watch. I mean, yeah, honestly, I anything that if you're not the the Apple Watch basically could could have gone on this list, I feel like. The Except last one is the Apple HomePod. Yeah, and to me that that was just a uh, a timing thing. I mean, you came out well after Lexi came out after the the Google you know devices, and it didn't offer. It's, Siri is worse than, than either of those things. Yes. And so if that's if that that's your choice, you've got okay. I want to say either Alexa or okay Google or hey Siri. If that thing, if the HomePod. Had Alexa integrated, yeah. it might be better. Who knows? There's a fourth option. Uh, Cortana? Above. Oh. Above. Well, I guess technically there's yeah. a Cortana. There's a fifth option. Yeah. That's on your Surface RT. Yeah. I think but. the thing that really hurt the HomePod was that it was $300, $350. It was expensive, expensive. Yeah. right? Versus an Amazon Echo is under 100 bucks. Yeah. And it's Echo bigger. Dot, you can get for like 50 bucks or something. Yeah, like they're like 39 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is bigger, so I assume it's a bigger speaker, louder. Yeah, but I, I think the people who are willing to pay $350 for a, a HomePod are the same people who would pay for a quality audio system. Like a Sonos or something. Yeah, or you know, in-house audio, speakers in the ceiling, that it, kind of thing. And one of the, the features of this is that you were supposed to be able to um, kind of network them and, and do audio like that. We have a couple back in. We have a big uh, kind of bullpen area for our sales floor and our marketing and, and stuff back there. And we had, I think, three of them at one point of the, of the Apple ones. And um, you found you could sync them up where the audio, where the music would be the same, and it was like an echo chamber. I mean, oh, they were slightly off. They were slightly off, and uh, it, but it was, was just enough where it's just yeah. like um, nope. that would cause horrible dissonance. It's like, not is usable. That, you, you feel that they had that problem. With, that was what delayed the AirPods coming out. Oh, but uh, from ear to ear, they would. Yeah, because you know, normal headphones where you got a wire between yeah. them, it's not a big deal. But when you got two separate devices, you got to keep them in oh, sync. Yeah. 
And so they had to, they wrote a special algorithm for it and a different protocol. Like it has to do a lot of stuff to keep that in sync. Well, we tried that the other week here where we were trying to listen to ourselves in, in our own ears and I couldn't even speak. You can go back and find that episode. Yeah. He's just going, I mean, it, it sounded like most episodes. I was, yeah, yeah. I was fine. I was yeah, so used to blocking you guys' voice out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but your own, it's my own voice. Is what the, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, that, listen to that silky smooth <laughs> voice talking to us. This, this guy's copying me. So I have to I have to admit I I'm surprised something's not on it that, that? I own. You remember the Ouya game console? Yeah, I have an Ouya. The funding that they got was ridiculous. They yeah. they even got on the shelves in Target and then it just died. Yeah, so I bought one. I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm going to load some ah. How does this work? I spent like 4 hours trying to get a game to launch on it mm. and I was like, "I am upset." So, just take it back to Toys R Us. <sighs> I bought it at Target. Yeah. yeah, and now Roger. like all their servers are shut down, so it's useless hardware, right? Yeah, or I think can so. you? Mod I think it? it's. Uh, I think it's got. A, can you homebrew it or something? I think you can mod it. Um. Yeah, I haven't played with it for a while. What those are going for on eBay? You know, can you get them for five bucks now? <laughs> I should check too. I've got. I've. I've still got my Surface, my original Surface at home, which I'm like. I guess I'm keeping this because it's the only Windows computer. If I ever need something in my home, but yeah. Well, you know, have you guys seen the Google Stadia? I haven't played with it. I've so read about it. That's their streaming console, and uh, and so it's out. I think it cost 120 bucks or something like that. And you just you know it's going to fail. Like I don't know why Google's even bothering with it, but they've they've released it. They keep pushing it, and so 10 years from now we can talk about how worthless oh. the Stadia is. Yeah, I'm looking for yeah. What what's launching at CES in 2020 in January that will be the product on the list? That'll yeah. be fun to. To look at. Well, we've we've looked back and we've saw some horrible failures, but uh, there's a new decade getting ready to roll around. Yeah, well, not on this list too. It's Technado. Um, yeah, which up the to horrible this point, failure, horrible the failure. Yeah. But uh, but the change is coming. Oh, oh man, it's exciting. But well, we can't we can't say anything let's not, about yeah, that. Let's not yeah. give away too much. Let, you know what? Let's do the interview and we'll come back and we'll and we'll talk about that and other stuff. So we've got uh, Christian Lees, uh, like I said, CTO and CIO of Vigilante. We'll talk to him right after this on TechNATO. Are you a career changer or a budding tech pro who's looking to start their career in IT? I'm Wes Bryan, and along with my fellow IT Pro TV edutainer, Cherokee Boos, we've just shot a new show just for you. Each week, we'll dive into topics to help you launch your career in tech. Watch how to get started in IT on YouTube now. Just head to youtube.com forward slash IT Pro TV to watch and look for new episodes every Saturday at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. All right, welcome back to TechNado, and it's time to talk with our guest now joining us all the way from the desert out in Arizona. We have Christian Lees with us today. Christian, how are you doing? Uh, honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you too. And so you're currently the CTO at Vigilante. So uh, why don't you start by just giving us a little background on Vigilante? Uh, Vigilante is uh, an organization. Uh, we strictly focus on dark web researching. Uh, we've done it for seven, eight, roughly eight years now. Uh, and you know, if I had to quantify what our differentiator is, is we're heavily focused on human intelligence. Uh, so we actively uh, scour the dark web or, you know, I, I like to think of it as the uh, threat actor environment. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that says, hey, we do cyber um, through automation. But uh, if there's anything I've learned over the last, well, over my tenure is, 
the dark web is a living organism and it's, 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 it's best to do it as a human. So um, help me out with the business model a little bit. Are you are you hired by companies to go scour the dark web and make sure that they're not uh, you know their data isn't exposed somewhere, or uh, are you doing government contracts? How, how does that work? Uh, typically, uh, well, we we do not serve the consumer space, so we work directly with brands. Uh, so uh, our role is to be out in the in, in the dark web in the threat actor environment. And we take prioritized intelligence requests from the brand, right? So they help guide us through uh, whatever it is that they're researching. Uh, oftentimes, we simply uh, retrieve data and we're unsure about, you know, its value. So we give it directly to them and that can further lead to more investigation. So primarily, the, the brand sets the intelligence request. So what kind of data are you finding out on the dark web? Is this like where uh, you hear about published uh, databases of user account information or are you finding intellectual property? What, what is it exactly you're looking for? Great question. Uh, you know, I, I think about that a lot. Like what composes our, our digital identity? And unfortunately, it's everything, right? It's, you know, technology is moving so fast. It's, it's everything about you. Um, so... Depending upon the brand that, or or the the you know former governing organization that had this data and may have had an incident, we're, we're seeing everything: SSNs, you know, a tremendous amount of credentials, um, medical records, and and there is there is scenarios where it's intellectual property, right? Sometimes um, developers do their job too well and publish it into their repository and publicly facing. So we come across all types of data. And are you finding it fairly easy to acquire that data? I know some of it goes off on like dark web auction sites or behind various gated uh, forum type areas that are difficult to get in. Are you, I, I imagine you have a whole team that is working to just constantly get into those environments. Are you being pretty successful at that? Uh, yeah, funny, you know, interesting question. And when I uh, first started doing this, uh, and, and this was roughly about 10 years ago, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, what's the most unscalable portion of this, you know, offering? And initially it was really around collections and, uh, you know, that human element, right? So it's, it's important to have native language speakers of the forums, right? Eastern Europe, heavy focus. Um, so these, these are individuals that have really put a lot of care into their personas and gaining a lot of access to oftentimes very, very, very closed forums, right? And these are forums that simply require humans, right? And uh, computers just can't get in and harvest this data, right? They, 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 the threat actor is very good at evading that type of activity. So we see so much data that it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to even ingest it. So for you guys, you are, you're operating like right on the edge. You know, we always think in terms of like good guys and bad guys and, and you, you guys are the good guys, right? But you're yes. operating in an environment that is absolutely built for the bad guys. So do you have rules of engagement or like certain boundaries that you, you know, you won't cross? Like, and, and how, how do you even come about figuring out what those rules would be? That seems really challenging. Well, the, the objective is to protect as many people as we possibly can, right? And that's the only way to do that is, is to poison the well, right? Make the, render the data unusable, right? So get it back into the brand, have them remediate it. Um, 
So, you know, the, in the closed forum, that's very exotic scenarios, right? There is a tremendous side of it that's automation, right? Everyone knows open source, right? And, and we have a lot of automation in open source, right? Reaching out into the pace sites all over the world, different forums, um, and ingesting that. Um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, about three years ago, it, it dawned on me as if we don't have enough problems, right? With threat actors. Um, but then all of a sudden now, we have everyone just mass exodus to the cloud. And in the last three years, there's a huge volume of data that I think of as jeopardized, right? So uh, misconfigured S3 buckets, you know, Azure blobs, uh, and misconfigured Mongo databases, misconfigured uh, everything, right? It's the mass exodus to the cloud has made it particularly difficult on top of uh, the threat actor. Um, so we see a lot of that as well. Now, I know you can't share any client details with us and you, you know, want to maintain their privacy, but can you give me an example of like, what's the, the worst thing that you found out there for one of your clients? Well, you know, I, that's really difficult to say, right? Because it's, we, we see everything. Um, unfortunately, right? The ease of, of lighting this data, it's, it's incredible technology, right? Technology is moving so quickly, but it's so easy to just, you know, click, 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 light your data and boom, it's there, right? Um, I, I get particularly bent out of shape when, you know, when we make efforts to protect people and, you know, we contact the organization and no response, right? Uh, and the data is still up and, and our guys are, are that are out there looking for this data. They're, they are just persistent, right? Like get this down, get this down. So I get a little bit out of shape when people don't respond and, and don't take down the you know, publicly available data. I'm glad that you clarified, Don, of the what's the worst thing he's seen of his of their clients' data, and not just the worst thing he's seen on the dark web. Because <laughs> I don't think I want to know uh, some of the horrible things you've come across. Uh, but I'm curious, uh, how closely do you work with law enforcement when you see things out there? Is that some, something you you make reports and, and and get them involved, or I mean, is that kind of absolutely. fruitless waste yeah. of time? No, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when, when the scenario is uh, we can't get the data down uh, or it's, it's, it's just a, a really, you know, volatile thing, immediately work with law enforcement. Absolutely. And, man, those guys are spectacular. And, uh, you know, I've had a long career of working with them and, and those guys are good. So there's you, you've had situations where they've actually been able to go out and track down, uh, you know, the people responsible, or are they more trying to help just um, get that information down off off the dark web as well? Well, when it goes into the investigation, I you know I don't see a lot of that. Um, yes, we have collaborated with law enforcement, but uh, typically it's just to get that data down. This just keeps reminding me of uh, Batman. Like, uh, like you're a vigilante, right? But you're working for justice. Cool you're on power. that precipice yeah. of like the, the the dark and light, and you work with law enforcement. Do you by chance know a gentleman named Jim Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of car? Oh, Jim. Yeah. Oh, Jim Gordon. He's, oh, Jim. He's crazy. Uh, crazy guy. So, oh, good. I'm. 
I'm curious. Like the, there's a lot. I mean, the dark web is in the news. Companies getting breached. Data getting out there. That's all over the place. What motivated you to get into this business to say, like, you know, I, I want to be more proactive and help people get out there and hunt that information down? You know, it's it, it, that's yeah. Um, well, I, I started out uh, in college and got a computer and, you know, it just kind of has gone that direction. Right. Uh, you know, I was always interested in security. Uh, and of course, as a young person, I, I read like blacklisted 411 and 2600, you know, crazy about that stuff. Um, but I got lucky, right? You know, I, I, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm luckiest man alive, lucky to be alive. Um, and I just got into security. I was at a, a major tele- telecommunications company, um, had exposure to networking, always ch- just kept chipping. I'm like, I'm, I want to go into security. And even then people kind of viewed security as like black magic, you know, like oh, you're that weird guy or you know, it's not a lot of attention on it, but uh, yeah, I just worked my way through it and um, did security engineering for 10, 12 years, um, working with law enforcement on specific cases. And that's kind of led me to where I am today. Um, the underground economy, right? In early 2000, no one hacked really. And then it's just like that, it just changed, right? All of a sudden DDoS extortion appeared and it's just from there has exploded. So, you know, what, one thing I've always been curious about, and, and you're probably the perfect person to ask, is uh, we've heard from a few different companies that are, are kind of operating the same space as you, that they're trying to get ahead of data breaches to spot the breach before, you know, it, it goes and hits the general public. Uh, if if I were to engage with you, so let's say I had a, an enterprise, I don't know, several thousand employees and, and hundreds of thousands of customers and data and so on, and I reach out to you and I say, all right, I, I want Vigilante to keep an eye out there for me, look for my data help me remediate if that data is out there. If this is a new engagement, you don't really know what my data looks like. So what what's that first step? Because it, I imagine you have to familiarize yourself with the data that we have in order to spot it. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, the ideal scenario is the brand has a, a, a kind of a digital fingerprint of what they want, right? Um, so, I mean, we, we technically we have a few things, right? We have probably their, their realm, their domain. Um, you know, we we do not have a non-prem device. We're not like, you know, we have a, this, this device that smokes and, you know, strobes and alerts. And uh, I mean, the, the companies, they have enough of that with alert fatigue, right? It's just crazy how much they, they have too much to do. So the ideal scenario is, is the client or the brand is actively engaged with us, right? We know over uh, a longer term engagement, we, we have more fruit, right? If we can actively work with that person uh, that's doing the threat hunting, that can really help guide us as to where we want to be. Hey, we need you left up here, in center there, et cetera. But at a bare minimum, just the, the realm, the domain itself uh, leads to a tremendous amount of, of data and attribution. Um, you know, all of the, you know, users, end users of companies they oftentimes don't really think about data hygiene, right? They go out and create accounts with their brand, you know, email. It's, it's data hygiene that immediately comes to light. And, you know, with more engagement, um, we can go further into that deep threat research. And have you had any success? I, I know 
with most companies, like if their user database has been compromised, they just do the immediate reaction of, all right, we're going to reset everybody's password. We're going to enforce multi-factor, right? So they, they take the steps to correct it. So on the remediation side there, that's good. But it, at least from my experience, I, I don't think I've heard of anybody being able to take down information once it's already out. Have you guys had any success in that space or is it all about just kind of moving on? Well, I mean, it's uh, uh, the threat actor environment. I kind of think of it as an, an organism, right? It's alive. It reacts, right? It uh, adapts. So it's pretty difficult to take data down from an illegitimate, illegitimate network space, right? So um, it's really about rendering the data harmless, right? Having the end user remediate it. Um, so pretty difficult in that kind of unstructured world. All right. So if, uh, if people want to maybe reach out and, and find out a little bit more about you guys and, and, and look at, uh, at using your service, what's the best way to go about doing that? Well, welcome to go to vigilante.io and uh, we'll also be uh, at all of the major security conferences. Um, so you're welcome to reach out to us and connect. I'm curious though, do you ever um, find come across things on the dark web and then reach out to potential customers and go, hey, uh, saw your stuff on the dark web. Maybe maybe we should talk. Uh, very rarely, um, because you never you don't know if you're going to get rocks or love. You know, it's it's yeah. it's hard to say. Uh, ambulance chasing is, is probably not what we do best, right? We we actually we it's about protecting the brand and. Uh, Doing that contextual knowledge around them. Yeah, Batman would only go when they when they put the signal up. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he was also lurking around for uh, Gotham's but best he was, interest. He was watching the bad actors all the time, but yeah. he wasn't, you know, going to people's <laughs> house after they got broken into. Saying, so we can agree that he was a vigilante. Oh, sure. With the public it. good I'm, of heart. Yeah. I've never heard that uh, that that uh, quantifying as to Batman, but it makes sense. Yeah, let's Love let's it. update the logo here and uh, yeah. and get Warner Brothers is upset. Yeah, they are, yeah. Hey, well, uh, Christian, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, you know we we've we've talked a lot about breaches and things as, as Don said with a lot of companies, but um, you know never really talking about on the dark web side and and what happens after that information is out there. So uh, thank you for taking the time and, and enlightening us a little bit there. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. All right, and thank you everyone for joining us, but stay tuned, we have more Technado. It's coming up right after this. Will you be in or near Gainesville, Florida anytime soon? Then you should come see IT Pro TV. Make plans to visit the studios. Get a tour. Meet your favorite entertainer. See what goes on behind the scenes every day to bring the best of classroom learning to IT professionals around the world. Simply chat with the member services team on the IT Pro TV website and let us know when you'll be visiting. We'll see you soon. All right, welcome back to Technado and thank you to Christian for that interview. And uh, man, it's it, it's the end of the decade. We're here. It We've is. come to it now. Wow. It, it, we're we're at this is the final episode, right? I feel like we've achieved so much. I, I assume most people listening to this at you know, like eleven fifty nine. Yeah. <laughs> on the 31st this is yeah, pretty exciting because yeah. remember what you're doing then is what you're going to be doing the rest of the year yeah thank you. oh really i don't know okay oh, you know what i'm excited about 
What's that? The Nobel Peace Prize that we're going to get for our work this year. Absolutely. No, no, it's a J.D. Power Award. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's and it's the G.D. Power <laughs> yeah, Award. <laughs> Calm down now. Give me that G.D. Power Award over there. <laughs> Best in class. Uh, what's your predictions for the coming year? Um, yeah, I hope I still have a job. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we did this last year. Are we going to see Microsoft Linux done? No. I... Oh, wait, you're going to a conference. I am going to a conference, and I I really, I, I am surprised it didn't happen in 2019. I, I'm going to have to roll it over to 2020. It just, we are destined to have it. And the, and the conference is like the, the, the big unveiling, right? I don't think so. I think it's too small for that. Yeah. yeah but it's uh, like a Microsoft Linux thing. Yeah, it's it's all it's the WSL team and all that stuff. Yeah. It's in March, Should so be. we'll see what happens. Should be. Uh, what I do know, you know, my prediction is that we're going to have a great webinar um, starting in the new year, which is on Thursday, January 16th, 2020. Uh, it is Are You Ready for DAS? Uh, part two, a deeper <laughs> dive into uh, WVD, which is uh, Windows Venereal Disease. Uh, that is Thursday, January 16th. Uh, it's a featuring. horrible malware. And that is why Mike Roderick is talking about it yep. uh, as an expert in WVD. Uh, <laughs> Penicillin. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's not listening, you know, because it's WV midnight survivor. and he's yeah. already yeah. asleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had a great webinar um, for uh, desktop as a service, uh, and we had so many questions that we said we got to do another one because uh, people were asking so many things we didn't have time to get to. So that's what that's going to be with Mike and Wes. And if you head over to itpro.tv slash webinars, uh, you can check that out and sign up for that. You can also um, scroll down on that page and see all the on-demand webinars in the past, including the original, Are You Ready for Dias? Um, the first one before you get to the next one. I'm, I'm saying it right, right, Justin? Yeah. That's how you it told is, me to say it? Are you ready for Dias? Dias, yeah. And are you ready for Dias? <laughs> The Reckoning, my, WVD my, again. My suggested title that was rejected was Tap That Das. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe they didn't let that pass. I'll tell you what, if we'd had Mike holding a beer <laughs> like an old Milwaukee's best, I'd be like, Tap That Das. <laughs> I'd have watched that. Bring, I don't even know what to know about it. Bring back the taxidermy squirrel. <laughs> yeah. oh, we're going to have a lot Woo, of fun. Tap for the, that for the record, it is desktop as a service. Yeah. It's a yeah. real thing. It yes, it is. And it's, and, uh, Windows, and it's virtual Windows virtual desktop. desktop. Yeah. Not Windows venereal <laughs> disease, uh, as some people say. People yeah. are saying. That's yeah, that, that, I heard it. I've heard yeah. it too. Yeah. I can vouch for it. Out of my mouth. Uh, and while you're on the internet, why don't you head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado. That's where you can find out about IT Pro TV and all the personal and business plans available uh, from uh, IT Pro TV. You can use the coupon code technado30 at checkout. Get 30% off a lifetime of your subscription. Or if you have a team, Don... Teams. 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 You know, it's my favorite feature. If uh, you want to train yourself and your entire team, there's real value. For teams. Yep, teams. for teams. <laughs> All right. Well, good times, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. And yep. uh, and it was great 2019. And hopefully it's uh, even better 2020. Yep, don't say it back. That's fine. All right. <laughs> I well, thought we were going to well, sing all the things. Well, well my goodness, you're a little touchy. You're like, don't say it back. I didn't even have time to you think just, it. You were just looking at it. Uh, yeah. Do we need to hug our way out of this? Yes, yeah, not. I, I thought you were still talking, and then you got all defensive. All right. In the uh, in the new year, uh, we're going to switch. Are you the, having dash problems? I am. <laughs> You're, you are pain in the dash. Uh, we have... Uh, 
we have the, the new podcast changes. Uh, right now, podcasts come out on Mondays. Uh, we're going to be moving that to Thursdays. Um, so, so look for uh, look for the new shows to to launch on Thursdays in 2020. And uh, every Thursday, we'll be getting you this this great DAS content. And uh, we're going to have uh, it's Daniel Lowry. Can I say that yet? You just I did. Just did. I did. You just yeah. did. But that, that's our new new edition. And that's why we have to move. We were trying to get Bobby Brown. We yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently he's violent. And, and yeah, we... It'll work out fine. Yeah. I mean, we're so close to Miami, we should be able to get enough cocaine for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, people will know if it happens to me and you, they'll be like, man, they slimmed down something fierce. That'd be great. <laughs> like, like what happened to him? like, I don't know, man. That I don't should know. be my new resolution. <laughs> An eight ball, what is that, a week maybe? I don't know. I don't know how drugs work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at all. So. But, uh, yeah, all right. Have a wonderful new year. Yeah, all right. We'll see you next time right here on Technado. Technado.